Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The podcast is about to begin. Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 110 of the Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. I am your host, Tina Romero Jr., a.k.a. The Graveyard Grumbler. Today's episode is going to be a little squeamish one, I'm not going to lie. So if you are a little squeamish on certain topics or subjects, this might not be your episode. Today, Today's episode, we are doing another animal attack, but it's a different kind of animal. It's an animal that we really don't want to know about and we really don't want to admit that are around and exist, but they're there. And they're very common, unfortunately. When I started doing this research on this one, I was I was pretty grossed out and pretty shocked that this thing exists. So today's episode, we're going to do on Dracunculus. What is Dracunculus? Well, if you only have a GED like me, and oh, by the way, I am not in any way, shape, or form a doctor, a nurse, an assistant to a nurse. I'm not a scientist. I'm not any sort of medical professional to be giving you any sort of advice. I'm pulling this off multiple websites to help you educate and try to gross you out as much as I can. So with that disclaimer, let's continue. So what is Dracunculus? Dracunculus is a guinea worm. Grumbler, what's the guinea worm? (laughs) Well, let me go ahead and tell you. Let me go ahead and get into that and explain to you what the fuck this is. So what is Dracunculus? Dracunculus is a parasitic infection by the guinea worm. Dracunculus medinesis. (laughs) It's called Dracunculus medinesis, but from now on, since I hate pronouncing big medical words because I don't read them every day and I, and I stumble over them, we're just going to call them the guinea worm. A person becomes infected by drinking water-containing water fleas infected with guinea worm larvae. The worms penetrate the digestive tract and escape into the body where they develop over a year. You heard that correctly. A person becomes infected by drinking water-containing water fleas infected with guinea worm larvae. The worms penetrate the digestive tract and escape into the body, our human body, where they develop over a year. Now, the sad thing is you don't even know you have this shit until a year later. You might feel great and, woo, I feel like a thousand million dollars. And then a year later, you're like, damn, I feel like a $50 food stamp right now because this shit's fucking me up. Just imagine how small the guinea worm has to be. Just the just the larvae have to be for them to live inside of a water flea. Now, I've never seen an actual water flea, but I've seen regular flea fleas, like cat fleas and dog fleas, and those motherfuckers are small. I mean, they're 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 a lot smaller than a lot of things that are small. So you could you could you imagine just by the thought of how microscopic this guinea worm, this guinea worm larvae are? In order for them to be to hitching a ride on a water flea, it, it, I mean, it's the most ridiculous things that they're so small and they can probably fuck you up worse than a lot of uh, other things. So let's continue. This spaghetti-like nematode. For those of you who like spaghetti, now you can just picture a spaghetti-like nematode parasite. <laughs> Go ahead, I'll wait. I'll, I'll allow you to picture that next time you're making some spaghetti and meatballs. Just think about. What, I'm, what you're listening to here on the pod. Hopefully you're listening to this while you're making spaghetti and then you just heard me drop this spaghetti-like nematode. <laughs> this, <laughs> this spaghetti-like nematode parasite may look harmless, but it's anything but harmless. The parasite causes the guinea worm disease in humans, transmitting when a person drinks water that is contaminated with water fleas containing 
Dracunculus medinesis larvae. The symptoms of the disease start appearing usually one year after the infection when the larvae turn into an adult and things go south very fast. The symptoms of of the disease start appearing usually one year after the infection when the larva turns into an adult and things go south very fast. Ew. What what's jacked up is that they're so small. However, it takes them 365 days or roughly around a year for them to become an adult and start fucking up the body that you are are hosting and carrying around with you. Not knowing not one goddamn hint that you have this parasite living inside your body having a party saying, "Wee, sweet 16, my boy." And then all of a sudden, surprise motherfucker, I'm going to contaminate your body, motherfucker. And then you realize, goddamn, I'm not feeling too well. And shit's bad already because it's already an adult and it's already fucking you up more than what it would have if you had found out about it when it first occurred. Now, think about that, okay? You have this little small thing living inside of your body and it, it came in orally because you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so thirsty. Let's look at this poop water that's on the ground. I am going to take a drink. Nothing can ever happen to me. And then, boom, you're all goop, 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 goop. And now you have a whole shitload of of guinea uh, parasites, larvae living inside of you ready to hatch. Think about, this is what I picture. You drink some some contaminated food, uh, foot uh, poop water, and then you have a whole bunch, a whole bushel of eggs, like the gremlin eggs that are just sitting in that box. Remember gremlins when, when, the, when uh, Mugwai got hit with the water? And all those things started popping out of his back, and they're just like little bubble eggs laying all over the all over the floor. That's what I picture is harvesting inside of your body if you drink food, people, uh, poop water. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you catch up with that image. Now, for those of you who haven't watched Gremlins, Google Gremlin Eggs, the movie, and you'll see that shit, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Great movie, by the way. The first one and second one, really great. I, I, I appreciate both of them. Humans have had guinea. What, what is this called? Uh, guinea dis, guinea worm disease. Humans have had guinea worm disease since at least 1000 BC, and account consistent with Dracunculuses <laughs> appear in surviving documents from physicians of antiquity. In the 19th and early 20th centuries, the guinea worm was widespread across much of Africa and South Asia, South Asia, affecting as many as 48 million people per year. The effort to eradicate guinea worm began in the 1980s following the successful eradication of smallpox. Well, I don't have to go about talk about smallpox. We know how fucked up smallpox was. And unfortunately, we have a lot of third world countries, you know, especially in the continent of Africa and the continent of Asia. There's a lot of third world countries out there who do not have the clean running water that that, that more civilized or, or established countries as, as they, far as they say. Now, that does not exclude. Now, now, hear me out. I want you to put your earbud a little deeper into your ear and turn up the volume just a little bit louder because I want you to realize that just because it, most of the cases occur in third world countries, it does not, I repeat, it does not exclude developed countries like America, Canada, most of Europe, and other places like that. This little parasite bastard can fuck you up in any part of the world if the water is contaminated. Even water inside of your pipes. If the main source of the water is contaminated, guess what? You're going to have guinea worms all up inside your body having a party. Talking about surprise, motherfucker. We're in a rager, motherfucker. And then you're, you're going you're, you're gonna, to like not realize th- <laughs> for a year later that you have 
an orgy of guinea worm larvae partying inside of your body. It doesn't make any sense why they why parasites even exist. By 1995, every country with endemic uh, guinea worm had established a national eradication program. In the ensuing years, (laughs) guinea worm cases have dropped precipitously. And 15 previously endemic countries have been certified to have eradicated guinea worm, leaving the disease endemic in just four countries, which those countries are Chad, Ethiopia, Mali, and South Sudan. A record low 15 cases of guinea worm were reported worldwide in 2021. If the eradication program succeeds, guinea worm will become the second human disease ever eradicated. Leave a message in the comments or email me, graveyardgrumbler at mail.com. If you know what is the first human disease to be eradicated, let me know. You'll get an extra 20 points and a shout out. So what causes the guinea worm disease? I I, I kind of branched or, or kind of swept over it just a little bit, kind of hinting around what it might be. Now, what actually causes this? Again, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an assistant to the doctor. I I just picked up this disease because I was like, hey, let's learn about parasites today. And I was like, ew, this one wins this week. Next week is going to be another parasite, by the way. Guinea worm disease is caused by infection with the roundworm Dracunculus medinesis. (laughs) Guinea worm disease larvae reside within small aquatic crustaceans called cope pods or water fleas. When humans drink the water, they unintentionally ingest infected cope pods. During digestion, the cope pods die, releasing the guinea worm, the releasing the guinea worm larvae. Just the just the explanation of that already sounds gross. So we're we're just frolicking around in the hot hot ass world, just la 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 la. I'm really thirsty. So let's drink this foot booty water because I want to die. And then you take a big drink of this infected, non-clean water. And now you have, you have uh, water fleas prancing around inside of your intestines talking about, yo, I'm about to die because I can't live inside the stomach. And then boom, they die releasing the guinea worm disease larvae all inside of your body. You don't know that is happening. You just know, wow, this water is really gross, but tastes really good. I want to drink more. And so you're sitting there just gulping around. And you're, wow, I feel so good now. Let's continue walking. And a year later, you're like, damn, I don't feel so well. I think I am going to die. And you don't even know what happened. But in reality, you drank a whole bushel of goddamn water fleas and they're dying inside of your body releasing all this other shit on top of that. So now not only do you have just decaying water fleas <laughs> carcasses floating about your intestines, now they're releasing this other more deadly parasite called guinea worms inside of your body so they can party and and breed and fuck you up for the in, after a year later. Let's continue. The larvae exit the digestive tract by penetrating the stomach and intestine, taking refuge in the abdomen or retroperitoneal space. Over the next two or three months, the larvae develop into adult male and female worms. Let me reread that because just the sound of that sounds disgusting. We all know that the inside of our body is extremely sensitive to foreign objects, and that's, that goes for anything. You, you eat something too spicy, 
and then your your stomach is kicking you, and you're like, why is it spicy? And you realize, damn, something just fucked me up. I don't know what it is. You eat like you have some weird flavor on your mouth, on your hands, or your something's going wrong, or you just just know that something's not right in your mouth. But once you get down to your stomach, and it's and it's not it's not copacetic down there, and you're realizing, damn, I just fucked myself up because I'm paying for it. I wonder if you get abdominal cramps because just listen to that. The larvae exit the digestive tract by penetrating the stomach and intestine, taking refuge in the abdomen or retroperitoneal space. They exit the digestive tract by penetrating the stomach and intestine. It just sounds painful. Yeah, I understand that this thing is, is, is crazy small, but the point is that just the sound of it just sounds violent and invasive. I don't want it. I, I'm drinking bottled water right now because I'm afraid that I might drink some booty foot water and I'm going to get some flea parasites in my belly who's going to die and then fuck up me up with this guinea worm disease. I'm no longer going to drink tap water. The male remains small at four, four centimeters long and 0.4 millimeters wide. The female is comparatively large, often over 100 centimeters long and 1.5 millimeters wide. Once the worms reach their adult size, they mate and the male dies. Over the ensuing months, the female migrates to connective tissue or along bones and continues to develop. Fucking ew. Those so again, you already have carcasses of, of water fleas floating about inside of your body. And now you're having these fucking guinea worms boning and moaning all inside of your digestive tract. For them to make more fucked up little babies, for them to use your body as not only as an incubator, but as this raging orgy, come one, come all, and we're just going to mate because it's warm and fuzzy and I like it. That's fucking ew. I, I, don't, I don't know any other way to put it. I mean, so the male dies. The male says, my job here is done. Y'all have a good one. And then they die. I don't know why he had a country accent. I have zero idea why he sounded like he was from the West. It just sounded appropriate right then and there. But then we also have the the, the, the female is just like, my, he's gone. I'm single again, and I'm going to continue to roam the world because I'm free and I love it. I don't know why she has a Southern accent either. Maybe it's just because I'm from the South right now. That, that's pretty much what it is. But over the ensuing months, the female migrates to connected tissues or along bones and continues to develop. That means that there is no limit to how far or how thick this goddamn worm is going to be. If, if you remember, there's, there's those tales where your snake or certain animals are going to adapt and grow or stay the size of their environment, right? So you want to buy a pretty medium-sized tank in order for you to keep the animal at bay and make sure that it's not going to get crazy large in like 49 feet wide or whatever shit it is. I'm wondering if this is the same scenario. If we have this guinea worm that's floating around inside your body, and if you're six foot tall, can this motherfucker get that long? Can 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 this can this bitch go that long to to where it's now going to be from head to toe because it has that much room to grow? Bars, I don't know. You tell me. I, I mean, anybody who's ever suffered from this, I want to know, but at the same time, I don't. So if you have suffered from guinea worm disease. Let me know, graveyardgrumbler at mail.com, and I will be more than happy to share your anonymous story via podcast. I love my listeners. Let's continue. And now this is where the squeam <laughs> this is where a little squeamish part starts coming around. All right. So listener discretion is advised. Again, if you are already squeamish about parasites and other 
things of that nature. I mean, I, again, we are dealing with parasites. We know parasites aren't very nice. So listener discretion is advised. About a year after the initial infection, the female migrates to the skin, forms an ulcer, and emerges. When the wound touches fresh water, the female spews a milky white substance containing hundreds of thousands of larvae into the water. Fucking ew. Ew times five, multiply that squared, give me the pi root of 47 times five dot com over X, half fractions multiplied by ew. Just fucking ew. All right. About after a year after the initial infection, the female migrates to the skin, forms an ulcer, and emerges. This gross worm comes up to the skin and says, surprise, motherfucker. I'm coming out your skin, motherfucker. I, I don't know why she, she has a, 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 maybe because it's a female. And I feel like, it, you know, the, the, the guinea worm would be a lot more sensitive and soft-spoken versus, surprise, motherfucker. I'm coming out your skin, motherfucker. I could be wrong. May, may, maybe, maybe, maybe they're, they've had a rough life and their voice is a little more, more husky. I, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just assuming here. But think about it. When the wound touches fresh water, not if you scrub it, not if you pop it, not if you do anything sort, anything of the sort to, to <laughs> disturb the ulcer. If it touches water, my bad, excuse me. If it touches fresh water, the female spews a milky white substance containing hundreds of thousands of larvae into the water. Gross. Just, just fucking gross, all right? Over the next several days, as the female emerges from the wound, she can continue to discharge larvae into surrounding water. The larvae are often, <laughs> the larvae are eaten by copods, and after two to three weeks of development, they are infectious to humans again. That's pretty much, this is the circle, the circle of life. I really don't know that song. It's a really great movie, The Lion King. For those of you who know the movie, maybe you know the tune better than I do. I really don't. That's why I'm a podcaster and not a musician because I have no idea what the fucking tune is. But if you do, let me know because I don't. That was the best I can do. I'm probably going to do karaoke night and not win. But anyway, over the next several days, as the female emerges from the wound, now mind you, we're talking about from your skin on the ulcer where this little, this little goddamn guinea worm is going to go peekaboo or you're washing your hands and all of a sudden you see something pop out your skin. Boo-hoo. This gross. Why would you even have? Why was that even created? Number one, and number two, why was it even created? That just doesn't make any sense to me. That something that disgusting is going to pop its head out of your skin and say, "Well, am I late for the party?" And you know, like I wasn't invited, but obviously, I'm going to make myself invited anyway because I'm coming at your skin, whether you like it or not. It's it's fucking gross. And then the larvae are eaten by the copods, and after two to three weeks of development, they are infectious to humans again. It is the literal circle of life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna find my host of the copods or the, or the water flea. I'm gonna make sure that I establish my life in that in that fucking water flea. I'm gonna wait for a human to ingest me. Go go go! Oh my gosh, this water is so tasty! And then I'm gonna come out surprised, motherfucker. I'm popping out your skin, motherfucker. And then I'm going to release all my eggs back into the water. What let water fleas come back again? And then I'm going to reinfect another human. It's the circle of life. I'm going to teabag you with all my babies multiple thousands of times, period, point blank. Don't pay me. The tip is on the table. Bye. 
That's why I don't swim in lakes. You know, you it, it's habit. You jump in the water. And you're like, it's so refreshing. And you get that mouthful of water. It's like the, the leg just straight, just checks your their butt cheek straight in your in your mouth. It's like, here, taste this. And you realize, ew, this water is really, thir- it's, it's really dirty. I'm probably seriously drinking poopy foot water right now, but I'm having so much fun in the water. And then you, not, you don't realize is that you just took 15 gulps of water fleas that have this guinea worm just chilling inside of it. So next time you go to the lake, make sure that you do not open your mouth and say, oh my gosh, I'm a water fountain. And now you just literally let a billion water fleas teabag you. I'm just letting you know. What are the signs and symptoms? How do you know if you have this guinea worm disease? Well, let me share that with you. Again, I am not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I didn't even pretend to be a doctor on TV. I'm just reading you what's gross, and I want to help you out get grossed out too. Disclaimer. That was my disclaimer. The first signs of guinea worm occur around a year after infection. As the full-grown female worm prepares to leave the infected person's body, as the worm migrates to its exit site, typically the lower leg, some people have allergic reactions, including hives, fever, dizziness, nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. Typically, the lower leg. So if your ankle is a little swelled up, your knee is a little swelled up, your calf is a little swelled up, and you see a little ulcer there, it's probably a guinea worm disease. It's probably a worm waiting for you to go, and pop out and say, I'm here. Now, I'm not saying that that's for every little thing. It might be a bot fly. It might be a flea. It might be a chigger. Those little things that just harvest and chill on, on random plants out here in the South that burrow into your skin. It might be something of that sort, but don't rule it out, especially if you went out swimming in a sick gas lake full of foot peep water. Peep. <laughs> like Easter. The full of poopy foot water. Then you might have guinea worm disease. Again, I'm not a doctor or a scientist, so just take this with a grain of salt. But I, how is it this, this little ass parasite is going gonna, is gonna to find its exit site, which is usually the lower leg, Some people have allergic reactions, including hives, which suck, fever, which suck, dizziness, which suck, nausea and vomiting and diarrhea, which happen to be the worst goddamn symptoms ever to be ever created. Even when you're sick and you have that shit, it's it's disgusting. I hate having vomiting, diarrhea, and nausea. I can't stand it. Upon reaching its destination, the worm forms a fluid-filled blister under the skin. Over several days, the blister grows larger and begins to cause severe burning pain. When an infected person submerges the blister in water to soothe the pain, the blister ruptures, revealing the female worm. Now, for those of you in the back, I know it's kind of hard for you because this is such a huge arena and you're probably way far back in the, in the nosebleed. So let me go ahead and say this a little slower so you guys, my people in the back can understand this. All right. Upon reaching its destination, the worm forms a fluid-filled blister under the skin. Over several days, the blister grows larger and begins to cause severe burning pain. When an infected person submerges the blister in water to soothe the pain, the blister ruptures, revealing the female worm. Now, I, re- I read that a little slower so I can help you understand that when they say that when the blister ruptures, you can see the female worm. You can see that goddamn worm when the goddamn blister erupts or erupts or ruptures. It erupts too. But, but we can use those words interchangeably. I was watching YouTube videos. Big mistake, by the way. But if you're curious, 
just look up guinea worm disease <laughs> symptoms and, and, and you will see this goddamn female worm going, boo-hoo. And then when they're pulling the goddamn worm out, the worm is several inches long. I'm not, I'm, I'm not exaggerating this. If you're curious, go YouTube it. It's right there on film, so it's real, right? I, I believe everything that's on the internet. <laughs> but I'm not bullshitting about this one. It, you can see the ulcer rupturing, and you can see the head of the worm saying, I saw the light that opened up my eyes. I saw the light. And then they grab him by the goddamn head with some tweezers, and the worm is like, ah, ah, ah that hurts. Ah, ah, ah. And then like, Five inches later, that motherfucker's finally out of your skin. Why, oh why, is this goddamn thing popping out of your skin for that long and that and that well, a year for it to ferment? It doesn't make any sense. I, I just don't understand why this is even a thing. One, one thing that's crazy to me is that when I read this research, when I, was, when I was skimming over it to do this, and when I read that part where it says, uh, what did it say? Oh, when it says uh, the blister ruptures revealing the female worm, I was like, okay. Yeah, you know, people want to say this shit. We'll, we'll check it out because whatever. And so I looked it up and ew, you can literally see the worm head pop out of the fucking ulcer. You can see it pop out of the wound. I mean, it's not coming out like, hey, no. It's, it's literally, you can see the, a little piece of the fucking worm. Like, it, it's showing up to party in the USA. You know what I mean? The wound remains intensely painful, painful as the worm slowly emerges over several weeks to months. An infected person can harbor multiple worms up to 40 at a time, which will emerge from separate blisters at the same time. Ew! Why? The wound remains intensely painful as the worm slowly emerges over, se- over several weeks to months. An infected person can harbor multiple worms up to 40 at a time, which will emerge from separate blisters at the same time. So now listen to me. You ever play that game Whack-A-Mole where you have one mole pop out and then you have another one come out and say, hey, I'm over here, man. And then you have another one pop out that says, boo-hoo. It's the same goddamn thing. You have this sick little goddamn worm thing that's in multiple places all across your body. And then that motherfucker says, hey guys, once I get caught, I want you to come out too. We're going to do it separately. We're going to stagger so we can fuck this guy up mentally and he can never recover from this shit. That's, it's gross. Why? Number one, why? If, if you're going to, why not? But what would be worse? Would you rather have him staggered and say, oh, I'm over here. No, wait, I'm over here. Or would you want him, <laughs> or would you want him all to pop out of your skin at the same time? Think about it. You have one popping out on your left ankle, then on your right ankle, and then on your calf, and then your shin, and then your knee, and then you have one like on the heel of your foot, and then they all come out at the same time. Which one's worse? <laughs> I don't think it really matters. I think both of them are. <laughs> I think both of them are worse if you ask me. I, I, I mean, okay, okay. So, so I think mentally, I would be able to handle if they'd all staggered out. Maybe. But if they all came out at the same time, Fucking ew. What are you going to do? Just burn your legs. Burn it. Just burn it all the way to the ground. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. I did not tell you to go catch yourself or set yourself on fire. No, I did not. The adult nematode releases its larvae and comes out the infected person's skin by causing blisters. 
The patient experiences a painful and burning sensation on these blisters and must frequently wash them with water, which prompts the blisters to burst and the parasite larvae to be released. It's the circle of life, my people. It's the circle of life. You got these motherfuckers just dropping eggs out of your wound back into the water that you're going to drink tomorrow. Oh, I'm going to drink more larvae tomorrow, tomorrow when the sun comes shining through. Ew. And what sucks again, it, 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 it mostly happens in third world countries. It, it, you're, we're right, where the water isn't purified, it's not cleaned, and it's not as supposedly wonderful as it would be in more developed countries. We understand that. However, do not be mistaken, it can happen in developed countries. There are cases here in America, there are cases in Europe, there are cases all over the world in developed countries where these little motherfuckers fuck people up. So don't think, well, I... I'm not in a third world country. This isn't going to happen to me. I don't know why I have a Southern accent for everyone's voice. Maybe because I'm not good at voiceovers. That's, that's what it is. But you think, don't be fooled. If you go jump into a sick-ass lake that's full of foot pee water, it's going to happen. You're probably going to get water fleas, and they're going to just die and release all these little motherfuckers inside your body. It's going to happen. The adult also starts appearing out of the blister wounds for, oh, hold on, my bad. The adult also starts appearing out of the blister wounds after a couple of weeks. And this is when it can be pulled out using a small stick. This horrifying process can also cause serious life-threatening bacterial infections. All right, listen. All right. It's one thing for us to have these little assholes live inside our body. Tell us that they are invading us without telling us they are invading us. But for them to be able to be pulled out using tweezers or a small stick or some, uh, what are those things called? Q-tips. But not only are, are we going to have these big-ass worms inside of our bodies, these little assholes can cause horrifying, excuse me, this, this horrifying process can also cause serious life-threatening bacterial infections. Meaning that if you do not get treated or if you're out in the field somewhere and you think, yo, I'm just going to pull this little dude out and everything's going to come out wonderfully, no, now you have a bacterial infection and now your shit can be amputated and you're just fucked up to high heaven. As the worm emerges, the open blister often becomes infected with bacteria resulting in redness and swelling, the formation of abscesses, or in severe cases, gangrene, sepsis, or lockjaw. When the secondary infection is near a joint, typically the ankle, the damage to the joint can result in stiffness, arthritis, and contractures. Now listen to me, my people. All right. I'm not a doctor. I never even dressed up as a doctor. Okay. But I'm telling you that this shit sounds awful. As the worm emerges, the open blister often becomes infected with bacteria, resulting in redness, swelling, the formation of abscesses, or in severe cases, gangrene, sepsis, or lockjaw. The only thing that I can think of off the top of my head that causes lockjaw is tetanus. Because, like, we have, matter of fact, I, have, I need to get a tetanus shot. But tetanus is one of the few and only things that I can think of that causes lockjaw. Now you're telling me that this little fucking worm thing can fuck me up and give me sepsis or lockjaw with a secondary infection causing arthritis and contractors? Nah, but come on, man. Come on now. So now, whatever you're in a sick ass lake swimming in foot pee water, just remember that you might be swimming around with a bazillion, fazillion, fofobillion, water fleas that are harvesting the guinea worm. 
Just, just think about that, okay? Next time you go, I'm going to take a nice quick dunk in this lake. You might be swimming with a bazillion, facillion, water fleas that are the host to these little motherfuckers that can give you lockjaw, sepsis, arthritis, and it can cause severe cases of gangrene. Right. So how do you treat this shit? Obviously, with, 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 all, the, with all these certain things, we want to know what is a way to treat this and how we can get rid of it in order for us to not suffer from all of this stuff. Right? Right. So guinea worm disease is diagnosed by visual examination. The thin white worm emerging from the blister is unique to, to this disease. Dead worms sometimes calcify and can be seen in the subcutaneous tissue by x-ray. There is no medicine to kill guinea worm disease or prevent it from causing disease within the body. Instead, treatment focuses on slowly and carefully removing the worm from the wound over days to weeks. Look, man, we have some of the greatest medical advancements in the entire world, right? Right. We also send people clear across the world to help develop these medical these medical advancements, right? Right. But you're telling me that there is no medicine to kill guinea worm or prevent it from causing disease once within the body. And you're also telling me that the only way to diagnose this is to see these little motherfuckers go, I'm in here, motherfucker. Or once it dies, it calcifies and then it can be, it can be seen via x-ray. What, what, what is the death rate of these little things? What, how, how often do they die and you're like, ouch, my leg is very painful. I need an X-ray. And, and I mean, what, what, are, what are the chances? Does it, does, it, does it happen often? Brian, that's your mission. Marcos, I need you to do that too. Chubox, I need you to look that up. What, what is the death rate of guinea worm inside of the body in order for them to catch it so they can look at it uh, via X-ray? But what, what blows my mind is that there is no medicine. There, there's really no medicine. You, you, can't, you can't just pop something or drink something. You can't sip, sip, sipping on some scissor. You can't just sip, sip, sipping on some scissor. No, you can't do that. You, 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 you just can't sip, sip on some scissor and then all of a sudden it's gone. There's no way. It just, it, it blows my mind that the advancements medically that we have, we're still unable to elim- eliminate and, 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 and rid the world of such things, of such parasites like this. It, I, I just don't get it. Let's continue. Once the blister burst and the worms... <laughs> fucking gross. Once the blister burst and the worm begins to emerge, the wound is soaked in a bucket of water, allowing the worm to empty itself of larvae away from a source of drinking water. As the first part of the worm emerges, it is typically wrapped around a piece of gauze or a stick to maintain steady tension on the worm, encouraging its exit. Fucking gross. Just think think about that statement that I just said. Both parts, all right? Once the blister bursts, it's ready to go. And the worm begins to emerge. So the, the, the lifespan of this is that we are going to... We're going to have a blister on our skin. Once it bursts because of of pressure or it's ready to go, the worm is going to start to worm its way out of there. I'm a coming. I'm a slithering. I'm coming to the world. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. 
Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. So what, what happens is that that affected area is then soaked in water in, in, a little, in a little canister, a little container, in order for it not to be re-released in the same exact water source that it was originally found. Now, my question is, that's a great idea, right? Right. However, what makes you think that that water source isn't still contaminated with the water fleas to begin with? Yeah, I, I, get, I get the preventative measures. You want to try to eliminate it as, as much as possible. Great. But let's just set the water on fire and burn these little motherfuckers so they won't come back and, and infect people, right? Right. As, as the first part of the worm emerges, it is typically wrapped around a piece of gauze or a stick to maintain steady tension on the worm, encouraging its exit, meaning that, meaning that they are pretty much holding this worm and coaxing it out. Come on, boy. Come on. Let's come out of here, boy. Come on. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Let's go. Come on, come on, come on out. And we're, we're coaxing this little fucking worm to come out of the infected area so we can get rid of it and treat said wound. It's disgusting. It, it's fucking disgusting, if you ask me. And this is why I did the episode. Each day, several centimeters of the worm emerge from the blister and the stick is wound to maintain tension. This is repeated daily until the full worm emerges, typically within a month. If too much pressure is applied at any point, the worm can break and die, leading to severe swelling and pain at the site of the ulcer. Hold on. Wait a minute. Because it just dawned on me what they are talking about, okay? In my head, I'm thinking that this little wormy worm can be coaxed out within an hour, within a few minutes. You know what I mean? No. Apparently, this little thing is like, whoop, I'm coming to the world. I'm tired. And he's only come out maybe a centimeter, if that, maybe a millimeter. And he's like, all right, I'm back. Boop, here I come on the road again. I'm tired. And then it stops. And now you're telling me that this can lead up until within a month, four weeks, 30 days? There's something wrong with that, all right? If it's taken me one month to remove this goddamn wormy worm from my body, there's something wrong with that worm. Now, let me, it just, it just dawned on me again. Each day, several centimeters of the worm emerge from the blister. The stick is wound to maintain tension. This is repeated daily until the full worm emerges, typically within a month. If too much pressure is applied at any point, the worm can break and die, leading to severe swelling and pain at the site of the ulcer. Why? Why? What? I mean, that's just my question. Why? Why, why can't we just one and done it? Let's, I mean, we see the little fucker popping out. Let's get him out. Boo-hoo. And we're good. Right? Right. No. This little slow bastard wants to say, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to take my time. And then a month, a month later, one full month, 
this little fucker finally gets taken out? No. 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 Just no. Just no. Treatment for guinea worm disease also tends to include regular wound care to avoid infection of the open ulcer while the worm is leaving. The U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention recommends cleaning the wound before the worm emerges. Well, yeah, I mean, you want to clear the... You want to you want to clear the side of bacteria. You want to make sure that nothing of that is going to get fucked up inside of the open wound. Makes sense, right? Right. Once the worm begins to exit the body, the CDC recommends daily wound care, cleaning the wound, applying antibiotic ointment, and replacing the bandage with fresh gauze. Painkillers like aspirin or ibuprofen can help ease the pain of the worm's exit. Why is this fucking little thing causing me so much pain that I need to pop some aspirin or Motrin or to, to help me? not feel the pain or, or lessen the pain of this goddamn worm coming out. That, that doesn't make any sense to me. And again, the CDC recommends that, and unfortunately, with the majority of the infected population are third world countries where medical supplies, sanitation, and stuff like that is not as prevalent as it is in developed countries, right? Right. So therefore, unfortunately, there's a lot more infection and there's a lot worse symptoms and, and outcomes compared to developed countries. We, we, we know that now. But we, we also hope to eradicate this little fucker. That way none of this shit can come. That, that, that way none of this shit can, can uh, continue to infect people and, and disturb their life. It, it just, it, it's, it blows my mind. It, it blows my mind. It really does. Guinea worm is a debilitating disease causing substantial disability in around half of those infected. People with worms emerging can be disabled for the three to 10 weeks it takes to the worms to fully emerge. You're telling me that this little motherfucker is so painful that you can't walk and you have to not move and you're, you're disabled for three to 10 weeks it takes for the worms to fully emerge? Why? Why? I mean, tell me why. Tell me why. Tell me why. Boop, 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 boop. Why does this worm exist? It doesn't make any sense to me. People with worms emerging can be disabled for three to 10 weeks for the three, for the three to 10 weeks that it takes for the worms to fully emerge. Meaning that while the worm is growing to adulthood or while the worm is going through its cycle, his life cycle, all the way until the blisters form and the blisters burst and the worm starts making its way out, you are fully functional until the worm starts emerging. Once the worm emerges, it's gonna fuck you up so bad that you can't walk. I, I didn't. I didn't know that this. I didn't know that this worm was that raw. I did not know that. When worms emerge near joints, the inflammation around a dead worm or infection of the open wound can result in permanent stiffness, pain, or destruction of the joint. Some people with Guinea worm disease have continuing pain for 12 to 18 months after the worm has emerged. Around one percent. One percent of Guinea worm disease cases result in death from secondary infections of the wound. Why? <laughs> I know I keep asking why. I, I know I keep asking why. But seriously, why? When, when worms emerge near joints, the inflammation around a dead worm or infection of the open wound can result in permanent stiffness, pain, or destruction of the joint. Some people with guinea worm disease have continuing pain for 12 to 18 months after, after the worm has emerged. And only 1% of guinea worm disease cases result in death from secondary infections of the wound. 1% is still too much percent in my book. 
we should have 0% infected by this little motherfucker. Zero. We shouldn't have any sort of any, any sort of death when it comes to this little bitch. It, 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 why? <laughs> just, it, it's, it's just why, all right? When guinea worm disease was widespread, it would often affect entire villages at once. Outbreaks occurring during planting and harvesting seasons severely impair a community's agricultural operations, earning guinea worm disease the moniker, quote, empty granary disease in some places. So, pretty basically, <laughs> what you're telling me is that when guinea worm was rampant, rampant, it would often affect entire villages, de debilitating these individuals, occurring, and unfortunately, it would happen in the peak of harvesting and planting, severely impairing the community's agriculture operations, meaning that it, it was significant enough for them not to have enough food to plant and harvest because they couldn't walk, because they were disabled during the process of this three to 10 week emergence of this fucking worm. It would, this, this, this worm is so such an asshole that they've done, instead of calling it Guinea worm disease, they called it empty granary disease because people were unable to harvest their food for whatever time that they needed to harvest it. Do you know, do you know how severe that is for this little fucking worm this little parasite, this, this this little thing, to affect an entire village to where they are un, they they are unable to harvest their food and have enough to survive for the set period of time for the next crop to be harvested. Then just think about that. We have the luxury of saying, "Oh my gosh, I'm sick. I am going to DoorDash my food." But these guys are talking about, "Oh my gosh, I cannot walk because of this worm in my leg. I, how am I going to feed my village?" Do you understand how detrimental that is and, and how fucked up when, when just, I mean, it's not, it's not as rampant as it is, as it is, as it was once before. I mean, it, it still, it still affects small communities. I mean, it, that's not, it's not, it hasn't been eradicated yet. But when, when, when Guinea worm was at its height, when, when it's at, it, when it was at the most, most vicious, <laughs> I guess you want to call it, it, it was taking down entire villages and preventing people from having food because they were disabled due to the three to 10 weeks it takes for this little motherfucker to come out of your skin. That's, in, that's insanity. It's insanity to me. Infection does not create immunity. So people can repeatedly experience guinea worm disease throughout their lives. Let me, what the, what? What? Infection does not create immunity. So people can repeatedly experience guinea worm disease throughout their lives. That's, that's dirty. You would think that your body would have some, some antibodies where it's like, hey, you're not coming. <laughs> guinea worm disease is not welcomed here. 10 points for where that I took that, that tone from what movie that came from. Now you're telling me that the body's like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what to do. I will, oh, it got me again. If you continue to drink dirty foot water, like a lot of underdeveloped countries have, which by the way, side note, if you ever have the opportunity, please, 
please donate. Even if it's like five bucks, donate to the water improvements and the cleaning this water. I can't think of the exact name. It is, it is a program where they go to underdeveloped countries and they develop fresh water systems in order for these, under, uh, these, these uh, third world countries to experience and have sanitized and clean water. So if, when you see that pop up, just donate, just, just, just throw a little couple bucks here and there. You know I mean? Every little bit helps and it will help eradicate and prevent guinea worm disease. Again, contaminated water is the number one source and the number one harvester for the guinea worm disease. You get the water fleas that are like, I'm just chilling and now I have this bug in my body, my body, I'm going to give it to you. So just, just, just keep that in mind. You know, they, they always do those uh, missionaries, not missionaries, but the nonprofits and stuff like that where they go help uh, underdeveloped, underdeveloped countries develop into not, not so much developed countries, but to where they're able to not die from drinking water, which nobody should die from drinking water. So if you see that again, just, just donate a few bucks here. That, that's my, that's my, my bleeding heart plead for the day. So how do we prevent this? There's obviously a way to prevent this, right? We know if it comes from contaminating water, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand what you need to do to prevent this, right? Right. But for those of you like me, I was not sure on, hey, what if I am backpacking in, 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 the under, in these underdeveloped countries and I get thirsty and I, and I don't have any water with me? What can I do to where I'm not going to die of dehydration but then I'm not going to get fucked up by billions and shmillions of millions of water fleas that harvest the guinea worm disease. What can I do, and all of us, what can we do to help prevent the fact that we might get fucked up by this if, we're, if we choose not to die of thirst and drink out of a puddle, out of a lake, or whatever the case may be? There is no vaccine for guinea worm disease. And once infected with guinea worm, there is no way to prevent the disease from running its full course. Consequently, nearly all effort to reduce the burden of guinea worm focuses on preventing the transmission of the disease from person to person. How do we do that? I don't know. Let's find out. But that, you know, that's kind of shitty though. Once you, once you get guinea worm disease, there's nothing that can prevent it. There, there's nothing that can slow it down. There's nothing that's going to say, hey, maybe you should do this. There's nothing. You have to let it run its course, resulting into, again, we have the disability from people who ooh, from people who are suffering when the worm emerges, when the worm pops out of your skin. When, when, when the worm involuntarily protrudes from your skin, peekaboo, I'm coming, whether you like it or not. This fool is playing hide and seek, and he said, ready or not, here I come. And he just pops out of your goddamn skin, whether you like it or not. This is primarily accomplished by filtering drinking water to physically remove copods. Nylon filters, finely woven cloth, or specialized filter straws are all effective means of water flea removal. Now, I've seen these filtered straws on online. I've looked them up, and I've seen I've seen uh, backpackers like uh, what's his name, Bear, Bear Grills, and other people of that sort of caliber use these filtered straws. And I always wondered. I've always wondered. If they actually work, and I've been so, <laughs> I've been so tempted. I've been so tempted to buy a bunch of those and head out to one of my lakes out here in Texas, in one of my footwater lakes, 
and drink from the lake and see if I get sick. But now that I read this shit, fuck that experiment. I'm not going to test it. No, absolutely not. Hell to the no. I will rather I would rather drop turpentine tablets into my water and drink straight turpentine instead of risking drinking out of that filtered straw. If you ever use a filtered straw, let me know. Graveyardgrumbler at mail.com. Graveyardgrumblerpodcast on Instagram. Or anything of that sort that you've used to drink out of sick-ass lakes and you've been perfectly fine. I'm so curious to know if it actually works. We see it on TV, but what, I mean, can we really believe what we saw, what we see on TV? You know what I mean? Sources of drinking water can be treated with the larvicide timophus, which kills water fleas. Where possible open sources of drinking water are replaced by deep wells that can serve as new sources of clean water. Again, it's just clean water. Let's, 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 you know, again, we need, everybody around the world deserves clean water. Public education campaigns inform people in affected areas how Guinea worm disease spreads and encourage those with the disease to avoid soaking their wounds in bodies of water that are used for drinking, right? Right. It just makes sense. But when you don't have many water sources to rinse your feet out or your limb, your affected limbs, you go to the only source that you think is, is viable, right? And again, if you have these ulcers on your skin right there and you go put your, your, your body in that shit, those motherfuckers are going to give birth into the water and then it's a reinfection all over again. It doesn't matter how much education you have. Yeah, you can do some sort, like, like the main one right here. You know, uh, don't, with the disease, people with the disease, please avoid soaking their wounds in bodies of water that are also used for drinking water. Right, right. However, again, if there's not many sources of water to be used, they don't really have a choice but to do so. Right? Right. All the education in the world is wonderful. I, I get it. But if they don't have the means to effectively execute the preventative measures and tasks, it's just a repeating cycle. It's, it's, it's an insane cycle that's just going to continue, continue, continue. The best thing we can do is eradicate it by treating the water, giving, giving underdeveloped countries fresh, clean water for them to drink, rinse off, and use. A lot of these people, a lot of these people in underdeveloped countries, again, they, this is where the animals drink water. This is where they bathe. This is where the water that they cook with. This is the water that they rinse things off with. This is where they wash their clothes. And this is also the water that they drink. So one fresh water or one water source, fresh water, obviously, because you can't drink seawater. It's multiple, it's multiple risk of infections from, from multiple diseases. You know, we're going to get into all that. I, I just felt like grossing people out. I think, let's, let's go ahead and wrap the show. The Graveyard Grumbler's final wrap. So when I started looking this up, I, I was curious. I woke up in the morning. I said, you know what? I want to know about parasites. I want to know what these little motherfuckers do. And I want to pick one of the worst ones. Let, let me give you a heads up, people. This wasn't even the worst one on the list that I found. I think this was number five. Number five or six of the worst parasites to humankind. This, I'm going to be doing this a few more. And we're going to get to the number one worst motherfucker that's out there. That's literally going to kill people on site. No cap. That's a wrap. Bodies. All day. Every day. It's time to go night night. It's time to go night night. When I realized that there are worst viruses, or not viruses, there's worst parasites than the one that I just read, it, it, it intrigued me. I wanted to know more about it. And so we're you and I are all going to learn about it. Again, this is when animals attack. Technically, technically, this is when animals attack but it's at a different scale. So just a word of advice. If you go travel the world, which I, I encourage everyone to travel the world, 
If you travel in underdeveloped countries that they don't have access to, to fresh, clean running water, make sure you take all the steps possible in order, you know, in order for you not to get the guinea worm disease or have water fleas infest your body and fuck you up with, with guinea worm disease, okay? Use your filtered straws. Use your water purification tablets. Use whatever means you need to do in order to keep yourself healthy and alive and prevent yourself from getting fucked up and having some goddamn worm coming out of your skin. It's, it's really that simple. It's nothing more than that. I mean, again, this was like number five or number six on the worst parasites known to man or known, known, to, known to human. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into the next. I, I didn't want to start at number 10 because that's just a lot of episodes. So I'm going to get into like, again, I think this is number five or six, and we're going to go all the way down to one. And I'm pretty sure one is worse than this shit. I'm pretty sure like as soon as it gets into your body, you're going to fucking die. It's insane how how small and microscopic these things are and how much damage they can do to your body. So if you ever go swimming into a sick-ass foot booty water lake, make sure you don't drink it. Make sure you don't have any open wounds because, again, these parasites can go, they, they can enter in the same way the place they were, they exit. Remember that. An open wound is a, is, a, is a tunnel in or out. So make sure you don't have any open wounds when you go swim in sick-ass booty feet, Lake. It, just, just, just be safe, man. Just, just be cautious on what you drink. Make sure that, again, if you go travel the world and you go in underdeveloped countries where they don't have running water, just, just do your best. And again, if you have the chance and if you're able to go donate to the fresh water to, I can't think of the goddamn thing. I just saw it the other day, but it's this, it's this organization that goes around and they develop these water systems to where they turn their, their unpurified water to purified water, where they're able to drink and use it to bathe and clean themselves in order for them not to get infections such as the Guinea worm disease. Other than that, uh, we're going to end the show. We're going to end the episode there. I appreciate everyone for listening. I, I, Thank you very much for understanding. I've been on a hiatus the last couple of weeks. It wasn't because I didn't have material. It's because I've been working so much. My job says, oh, you want you, you have days off? No, you don't. <laughs> and so I, I, I just, I just been working a ton here lately. I thought, I thought we were slow, but apparently not. But now I'm back and I, my schedule should be leveled out for the next several weeks until they say I have to work again. So expect to show an episode next Thursday. I appreciate everyone. Thank you so much for all your support. Thank you so much for all your ears. And I greatly appreciate each and every one of my listeners from the bottom, bottom of my heart. Remember, go leave me a rate, rate my show and leave me a comment on Apple Podcast. If you listen to Apple Podcast, leave it. It helps my show grow. It gets my name out there. I want everyone to know about my show because I, I'm very proud of my show. Remember, share my show with every single person you can think of. Just send them the link. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Google. I'm on Stitcher. I'm on Apple. I'm on, fuck, I'm on, I'm on pretty much everywhere. I'm pretty much everywhere except for Pandora. I'm not on, I'm not on Pandora. Just look at, just send, just send my link to people you know and say, hey, listen to this. Let me know what you think. And then at least I, I get one new ear every so often. I appreciate each and every one of you. And as always... Good morning, good day, good night, goodbye. This is the end, this is the end, this is the end. You just friend, 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 friend. Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. Grumbler.